A heat wave lay over Baltimore like a shroud. The leafy suburbs were cooled by a hundred thousand lawn sprinklers, but the affluent inhabitants stayed inside with the air conditioning on full blast. On North Avenue, listless hookers hugged the shade and sweated under their hairpieces, and the kids on the street corners dealt dope out of the pockets of baggy shorts. It was late September, but fall seemed a long way off. A rusty white Datsun, the broken lens of one headlight fixed in place with an X of electrician's tape, cruised through a white working-class neighborhood north of downtown. The car had no air conditioning, and the driver had rolled down all the windows. He was a handsome man of 22 wearing cut-off jeans, a clean white T-shirt, and a red baseball cap with the word security in white letters on the front. The plastic upholstery beneath his thighs was slippery with his perspiration, but he did not let it bother him. He was in a cheerful mood. The car radio was tuned to 92Q, 20 hits in a row. On the passenger seat was an open binder. He glanced at it occasionally, memorizing a typed page of technical terms for a test tomorrow. Learning was easy for him, and he would know the material after a few minutes of study. At a stoplight, a blonde woman in a convertible Porsche pulled alongside him. He grinned at her and said, nice car. She looked away without speaking, but he thought he saw the hint of a smile at the corners of her mouth. Behind her big sunglasses, she was probably twice his age. Most women in Porsches were. Race you to the next stoplight, he said. She laughed at that, a flirtatious, musical laugh. Then she put the stick shift into first with a narrow, elegant hand and tore away from the light like a rocket. He shrugged. He was only practicing. He drove by the wooded campus of Jones Falls University, an Ivy League college much swankier than the one he attended. As he passed the imposing gateway, a group of eight or ten women jogged by in running clothes. Tight shorts, Nikes, sweaty t-shirts, and halter tops. They were a field hockey team in training, he guessed, and the fit-looking one in front was their captain, getting them in shape for the season. They turned into the campus, and suddenly he was overwhelmed, swamped by a fantasy so powerful and thrilling that he could hardly see to drive. He imagined them in the locker room, the plump one soaping herself in the shower, the redhead toweling her long, copper-colored hair, the black girl stepping into a pair of white lace panties, the dikey team captain walking around naked, showing off her muscles, when something happened to terrify them. Suddenly they were all in a panic, wide-eyed with dread, screaming and crying on the edge of hysteria. They ran this way and that, crashing into one another. The fat girl fell over and lay there weeping helplessly while the others trod on her, unheeding, as they tried desperately to hide or find the door or run away from whatever was scaring them. He pulled over to the side of the road and put the car in neutral. He was breathing hard and he could feel his heartbeat hammering. This was the best one he had ever had. But a little piece of the fantasy was missing. What were they frightened of? He hunted about in his fertile imagination for the answer and gasped with desire when it came to him. A fire. The place was ablaze and they were terrified by the flames. 
They coughed and choked on the smoke as they milled about, half-naked and frenzied. My God, he whispered, staring straight ahead, seeing the scene like a movie projected onto the inside of the Dotson's windshield. After a while, he calmed down. His desire was still strong, but the fantasy was no longer enough. It was like the thought of a beer when he had a raging thirst. He lifted the hem of his t-shirt and wiped the sweat from his face. He knew he should try to forget the fantasy and drive on, but it was too wonderful. It would be terribly dangerous. He would go to jail for years if he were caught. But danger had never stopped him from doing anything in his life. He struggled to resist temptation, though only for a second. I want it, he murmured, and he turned the car around and drove through the grand gateway into the campus. He had been here before. The university spread across a hundred acres of lawns and gardens and woodland. Its buildings were made mostly of a uniform red brick, with a few modern concrete and glass structures, all connected by a tangle of narrow roads lined with parking meters. The hockey team had disappeared, but he found the gymnasium easily. It was a low building next to a running track, and there was a big statue of a discus thrower outside. He parked at a meter but did not put a coin in. He never put money in parking meters. The muscular captain of the hockey team was standing on the steps of the gym, talking to a guy in a ripped sweatshirt. He ran up the steps, smiling at the captain as he passed her, and pushed through the door into the building. The lobby was busy with young men and women in shorts and headbands coming and going, rackets in their hands and sports bags slung over their shoulders. No doubt most of the college teams trained on Sundays. There was a security guard behind a desk in the middle of the lobby, checking people's student cards. But at that moment, a big group of runners came in together and walked past the guard, some waving their cards and others forgetting, and the guard just shrugged his shoulders and went on reading The Dead Zone. The stranger turned and looked at a display of silver cups in a glass case, trophies won by Jones Falls athletes. A moment later, a soccer team came in, ten men and a chunky woman in studded boots, and he moved quickly to fall in with them. He crossed the lobby as part of their group and followed them down a broad staircase to the basement. They were talking about their game, laughing at a lucky goal and indignant about an outrageous foul, and they did not notice him. His gait was casual, but his eyes were watchful. At the foot of the stairs was a small lobby with a Coke machine and a payphone under an acoustic hood. The men's locker room was off the lobby. The woman from the soccer team went down a long corridor, heading presumably for the women's locker room, which had probably been added as an afterthought by an architect who imagined there would never be many girls at Jones Falls, back in the days when coeducational was a sexy word. The stranger picked up the payphone and pretended to search for a quarter. The men filed into their locker room. He watched the woman open a door and disappear. That must be the women's locker room. They were all in there, he thought excitedly, undressing and showering and rubbing themselves with towels. Being so close to them made him feel hot. He wiped his brow with the back of his hand. All he had to do to complete the fantasy was get them all scared half to death. He made himself calm. He was not going to spoil it by haste. 
It needed a few minutes planning. When they had all disappeared, he padded along the corridor after the woman. <laughs>